Hello and happy 2020, everyone. Thank you for joining us here at Character Arc with our first episode of the year. Woo! On this podcast, we analyze and talk about a movie we just watched. Uh, we provide a personalized synopsis, openly discuss about what we liked, disliked, what changed, and end with a favorite aspect in our final thoughts. I'm Ted Hong. And I'm Richard Bertelson. And for this episode, we watched 1917. <laughs> second battalion yes sir is he alive and with your help i'd like to keep it that way but they're walking into a trap your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack if you don't we will lose 1600 men your brother among them i'll go first because i don't know yeah. <laughs> Because why not, right? <laughs> um, but I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Rob Stark and Tom and Baratheon were brothers the whole time. <gasps> uh, my synopsis is that two best friends go backpacking across France in the springtime. Oh, man, that sounds <laughs> so nice. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll, now we'll start off with like our general, our overall impression. Richard, how did you feel about the movie? I enjoyed this movie a lot. I thought it was a beautiful piece of filmmaking. It's not incredibly unique in that it's it's a it's a war film. It's not terribly different in tone than um, the one that Christopher Nolan made a couple of years ago Dunkirk. that I think is really boring. Um, yes, Dunkirk. except yeah. <laughs> I like this a lot better um, because it is it is so basically human. Every yeah. moment of this movie, I felt like it is at its core just survival discomfort or perseverance it is just these very baseline but also super important emotions just driving one or two human beings from one place to another yeah i will i wholeheartedly agree um one of the things that i think was great about this is that it it really makes you feel really small because the way the movie is shot, it's all in one shot, obviously. Um, but everything just felt like you were within a larger world. Um, whereas usually in a nor- an- another movie that's more traditionally edited, um, there are like beats and the editing kind of makes you feel... It pulls you out it of it. It punctuates. Yeah, exactly. It pulls you out of it. But there are beats in the movie that allow you to breathe, but you're still in it. You know, it's just like going... You're going on the highway and then you're driving back in the city. You're you, still driving. It's just now you get from the from the the conceit that this movie is all one shot um, and it just follows without ever cutting, um, which of course it almost certainly does at some point. Oh yeah, just, absolutely. It's just a trick of the camera. Yeah. But still, regardless of that, there are still long stretches where they probably they, didn't. So it's right. Very difficult to do. Oh, absolutely. Um, but what it helps to to drive home is that. This person, this this character or these characters, they didn't get a break. Like he's he's he went from this place to this place. And in what what a movie sometimes will unintentionally do, it doesn't think a movie wants to do this, is it'll make like you said, breather, but it'll make you feel like because we cut and now it's nighttime, that oh, this character is now reset. They're arrested and they're good to go. But this emphasizes the unrelenting nature of this war and what this person's task was because you understand no he's not eaten drink slept 
anything. Like that it's was just yeah, absolutely yes. Yeah. So that was actually another aspect I wanted to comment on. It was how immersive and anxiety inducing it was. So it's funny, yeah, it's funny that you use the word immersive because one thing I thought about fairly early in the game is like it's a, it's a video game, and I don't mean that. Sometimes people say that to to movies disparagingly, but I actually don't. It's one of the, eh, the way the camera follows so often behind them feels like when you're playing a video game. Yeah. I did, you're and, very much in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I usually, when people say that about a movie, they mean it disparagingly in the sense that, oh, the, the story's weaker than it should be and it's just action. But that's not what I mean here. What I mean here is like what you said, immersive, is that right. I feel like I have a stake in what's going on. Normally in a video game, it's because I'm playing it. But here it's because I'm tied to this person in a way that I can't remove myself because the camera doesn't and the editing doesn't let me. Right. Um, and that's actually one of the the aspects um, that I was actually a little bit concerned about. First, touching upon Sam Mendes, uh, like, you know, his directorial debut was uh, American Beauty. Mm -hmm. But I've been, I'm kind of 50-50 on him. Jarhead's really good. Oh, yeah, Jarhead. Um, I forgot about Jarhead. Revolutionary Road is very good, although I hope I never watch it again. See, that was, it's that was one of those things. unrelentingly punishing. As, oh, as, as, it's in a movie that just wants to make you feel bad at all times. See, that's, that's one of the, <laughs> the ones that I marked kind of poorly on. I mean, yeah, it was done critically well, but I do not. Even for a movie that's like some sort of cautionary tale, the reason why I bring that up was because for something that's all done in one shot, I was anticipating being bored at some point. Because there's going to be some beats where it's going to be, uh, I'm done with this. Right? Because the, the, it, that forces the movie to have to play out in real time. In real time. There we go. That was um, the word I was trying to use. Which yeah. means the reason why movies cut often is because in the course of your day, even if an exciting thing is happening to you, the movie version only needs to show about 15 minutes of it because the right. rest of your day is commuting or yeah. like <laughs> dressing. Which is and why. So, <laughs> and so we cut it out on purpose. And so for the movie to be in real time, which it has to be, which actually it's not. Because technically he passes he out. He passes out, yeah. Um, the, it still doesn't, quote-unquote, cut. I mean, it goes to black for a mm -hmm. second, but it's still on him. Yeah. But that does allow time to elapse without technically betraying the one shot. Exactly, yeah. Um, it follows him. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like, that's where you see in other movies and TV shows where it's like, you just get a shot of them walking up to the door, and then suddenly they're on the floor that they're supposed to be on. Mm. Yeah, whereas this, it just kind of goes... But it's very great the way it it chooses. It was very carefully planned that yeah. every moment of their journey is interesting, even when they're not being shot at or anything like that. There's still something being communicated to you in where they are, or what they're doing. Absolutely, which makes it very good. Uh, the whole movie takes place in in France. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of missed like the first two minutes of the movie. I had to do a quick bathroom break. We see for everyone to know. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we see um, DCC uh, Dean Charles Chaplin, <laughs> <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> um, who is our seemingly our protagonist. Um, he's uh, he's Blake. He's Tom Blake. He's just sleeping, and then some someone who presumably outranks him comes and tells him to pick a partner. He's got they got a task for him that the general's going to give him. So he then lifts up his friend who is Schofield, uh, Will Schofield, who we kick off. Um, I like the casting of DCC because he does look like a child because, he, I mean, he kind of is. He, I, he, I'm pretty sure he is actually 18 or 19. Here's why, though, I, I bring this up because just like high school movies and stuff like that, but there it's inconsequential, which is we often cast older people in these roles. And all that seems weird because a lot of war movies are cast with people 25 to 35, except... 
those aren't the primary people fighting wars. The primary people fighting wars are 18. Yeah. Um, they are children. Youngins. And yeah. especially for a movie that does not... Is not gentle about how horrific World War One is. I like that he started off with essentially your two main characters. They look like, yeah, they look like they're too young to be here, which is exactly what it was. I also like the way that they established their friendship um, because you don't have time to get to know them from their past or how long they've known each other. It's just their discussion that they have. It's a little playful. Also, um, Schofield gives him a little bit of his bread that he kind of smuggled yeah. somehow, you know, which also he does later, even though he doesn't really want to go on this this mission that the general gives him yep. when they're going into no man's land. And he like, Blake is about to go up, but then Schofield stops him and says he's going to go first. Age before beauty. Age before beauty. Um, it just, just these very <laughs> tiny touches for a movie that doesn't have the opportunity to like show you this really time that they out. had fun or mm-hmm. this time that they had fun. It picks these very nice little touches to be like, no, they're, you feel their friendship. The nuances in their dialogue. Yeah. It's just like these little snippets that are carefully placed in. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you already get a sense. Just away from someone talks to another person. It's, mm. it's not saying, hey, remember 15 years ago where I did this and you did this? Right. And then we go ahead and explain exactly what happened, even though you were there. <laughs> but yeah, they don't do any of that here. No, it's so. just it's just very clear that they're very comfortable with each other and that they have each other's back. Right. Anyway, so they're they're summoned to go speak with the general. They were given this mission, as Richard just Old said. Colin Firth in yeah. his most rugged. Am I remembering he had a mustache? Yeah. He was mustachioed. Or was yeah, that yes, just he was. Cumberbatch? No, Cumberbatch also. And he also had a scar on his eye, too. He did have a scar on his eye. I remember thinking, <laughs> I what like, a <laughs> what a weird choice. I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, it it looked it looked cool. As we're walking with them. So, it's all in one take. It's in real time. So, we're following them into the trenches. And he, this is what I mean by doing the one shot in real time from beginning to end. The concern is that it could get boring. But here's what I did. When I was watching that entire sequence, I was listening to what they were saying, but I wasn't looking at them. I was looking, looking at everything else around them. Which is this movie does very well. There's yeah. a lot of world building there. There's yeah. a lot of very miserable looking people who are either hurt, tired, doing things like smoking and drinking yeah. or like uh, laying in very uncomfortable positions because there's so many of them crowded around and together. Yep. It's telling you what these are two main characters' lives have been like for the last year mm-hmm. without us having to see them go through it exactly. because this is what they were doing. We're seeing it around them. Yeah. They were just like every other one of these soldiers. And what's kind of great about this is that, you know, with editing... You do a cut, you show it, and it seems almost kind of like I'm show I'm shoving this into your face. Whereas this, you can just kind of allow it, allow your other senses to take it mm-hmm. in. And that I I would also have to say the sound design for this movie was great because yeah. the a lot was also of wonderful. yeah 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 the, yeah the music was just great and well timed I will say, mm-hmm. but the sound was just like just the ambient sound yeah. of everywhere. It just really made you feel like you were there. It lets your eyes and ears wander, and when you do that. It makes sure you always have something interesting to look at. Yes. Like you said, if you turn away from our main characters, you're still finding not only interesting things, but things that are important to the story, too. Or yeah. at least the atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, I don't got much on the general. I'm talking to the general. I mean, Colin Firth was, like I said, very, very rugged. Yeah. Um, obviously, <laughs> this is, it establishes that, you know, his brother's there. So it, it adds personal stakes to the story. Right. Um, which is nice. And that puts us... That's where it's clear to us at that moment that... Uh, Blake is the protagonist, which is a clever go because later, a little bit later, when you think that maybe Schofield died, and it seemed like he really should have died. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, was I had that thing yes. in my head being okay. So this is there. Neither of them can die. This movie, they're immune. Right. Um, because armor. if anybody was going to die at any point, it seems like that. Yeah, which disarms you for when the main character dies later. You know what's kind of interesting? <laughs> and really does die. <laughs> I actually had someone spoil this for me. I oh, heard, did they? Oh, did uh, so they? I was anticipating, but I didn't oh, know I when no was the case. Yeah. Um, so when he did, it was still shocking to me, but I knew that it was coming. Okay. Um, and I wish that person didn't say anything to me, but yeah, no, yeah. it was a very affecting scene. I had no idea. Um, it definitely surprised me. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I'll note about Colin Firth uh, is that when he tells the the guy to give him their supplies because they load him up with stuff, uh-huh. they p- pull a little white box out. And he's like, because he's listing off, you know, here's this and here's that. Here's some like, treats. Here's some treats. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to know what the treats I are. I want to know what the treats are. But they are never too. pulled it out. <laughs> Because it's like, it could be anything from something that might be kind of rare on the front lines, like yeah. chocolate, or it could be like drugs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd totally believe if they gave him like a little bit of Coke. A little bit of Coke <laughs> to keep you going. Right. right after, as soon as they get the mission, you see the urgency with um, Blake. Is, Blake. Um, he's clearly... He has a personal stake in this. And, and yeah, like it, which makes it not just a war delivery message, you know, right. it, it ties us to the main character and why it's important to them. And also... That's when Schofield starts to say, like, hey, let's be r- rational about this. This is yeah. obviously extremely dangerous. Um, and so that sets up the conflict for right. what are going to be, what at least you could reasonably assume would be our only two characters for the rest of the movie. It's right. not that case, but it is for mm-hmm. a little while at least. Yeah, I can see how they lead off with Blake seemingly being the protagonist. But I would also argue, just, you know, based in retrospect... That he would also argue, arguably, I mean, he is. Well, he is the protagonist. Yeah, he is the protagonist. But, I mean, without, like, this sort of red herring kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, where we think it's Blake. Although, I mean, I guess, Cause, I mean, Blake story is, structure-wise, it Blake would be. Blake is undeniably the protagonist of the yeah. film because he's the one given the mission. He's the one who, so he's given the call to arms. He's yeah. the one who takes up, the like, who, who actually says he wants right. to do it. Mm-hmm. And he's the one with the personal investment in it. Yes. Like, Schofield just t- tagging along. Right. It's just, it's, the mantle just shifts to him. It just shifts, yeah. So, because, you know, you could argue the whole main character slash protagonist are two separate things. Sure. Um, which is, you know, I learned yeah, that this I is mean, the case for... Schofield uh, is clearly the, the focal point of the story. Right. Um, it just doesn't seem that way initially, which I think is fine right. because, I mean, you said it, it leads into it. It leads into a lot of growth for him. I mean, for one, his investment in this would be nothing if not for the death of Blake. Right. Yeah. He now well, he has now made a promise before that. to yeah. someone he really cares about. I think what that also does, his death also gives this idea of how the war is actually like. Although his death is kind of... Super weird. I mean, it, it's unfortunate. It wasn't like a, tra- I wouldn't say traditional, but... He wasn't not, shot in a battle. He wasn't, yeah, exactly. It wasn't yeah. in that aspect. Um, so, so we'll talk about that in a second, because it's yeah, we'll get to that. We're getting to that. fucking yeah. scene. <laughs> like, if you really think about it, I mean, I love yeah. the scene. It's just super fucking weird. Yeah. But all right, so uh, so we get the missions. Uh, we're cross- We're going to No Man's Land, and I have to say uh, Moriarty. Um, I forgot his the actor's Adam Scott, name. I think he, no, Adam, Adam Scott. Andrew oh, Scott. Andrew Scott. Although he, it would be pretty funny if he was in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good performance. It's really. Uh, it also pulls out a lot of stuff about the war too. Like the first yeah. thing he asked him is, "Settle what day? Is what day yeah. is it?" Um, oh, that was great. And then he's got this. He's got this perfect sort of attitude, which is just. It's not that he doesn't take it seriously. It's just clearly he's. 
He's running on. He's fumes. run down. Yeah. <laughs> he, this this war is pretty much taken out of him. So he's either gonna. It's you get the impression he's either gonna kill himself or he's gonna be kind of flippant about it all. <laughs> yeah. D- detached. Yeah. In a way. Absolutely. But he still understands what's at stake. Yeah. He's he's still doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. Great character. And I really love the the attention to detail um, when they're going into no man's land. These are things I remember hearing about in um, in history class. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about the the craters and people dying over there. And I was wondering if they were going to mention a part because I know there 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 were tactics where they would shoot to injure someone, but they would not kill the person who's in no man's land. Primarily because their cries will have some sort of psychological effect on the other person's on their on the enemy side, right? Because you're not going right. to go over there to get the guy, Super right? Up, yeah. You're not going to pop your head out. And then they go into the mine shafts, uh, which. I think it's great in terms of this is what I would want in a horror movie. <laughs> Primarily because, first of all, it's all in real time. Mm-hmm. So the suspense is already building up. And you don't know what's on the other side. They already started the anticipation when they knocked over the, the bucket full of ash. Right. Uh, the so coals. You know yeah. that they were recently here. Yeah. yeah. But you don't know where. Mm-hmm. And so when you're going through this and you see like this, everything is in bare bones. Like the bed frames. There's no There's no mattresses. Um, people love pictures. Um, it paints this hi- like this history within these uh, the barracks, um, and that's kind of what I was. It's, it's yeah, it's for, it goes lighting. into how I felt like it was all the whole movie is just this this very visceral, purest of human emotions. It is it is tension and fear and survival at all times. And and even though kind of like what you were saying, even though you go through and you never skip any time, but the movie. There is suspense at all, at almost all times. At all because, time. like, as you, yeah, it's 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 incredible when they go down there. For one, it's a lot bigger than they thought it was going to be, and it's this really intricate thing. And it kind of looks like it 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 does look like a horror movie. It even right. looks like going into a haunted house or something like oh, yeah. that. <laughs> and even this once they realize the tripwire's there. Oh yeah. And, just, <laughs> and he did this great thing where he he diffused it. Not not the bomb, um, the tension. Because the thing drops and you're like, oh, it's fine. It's just the rat. And then <laughs> the rat and just then runs the into it. <laughs> yeah. um, which is great because it's like that false security, mm-hmm. false sense of security. The tension so well both in that scene too. Even when he finds it, even when he says, oh, there's tripwire and the camera pans down, you see how close he was he to was stepping to it. on it. Yeah. It's like, it just makes you kind of like stop breathing for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. So well done on, on that. Really, that's where I'm saying immersive. Like almost always... I was, I, I never felt, my mind never drifted off. I didn't even like try to, and usually I am, and I don't really appreciate this in myself, but where I'll watch a movie and I'll like break it down, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of removes the enjoyment for me. Sure. It's just like a bad habit that I just look at. But in this one, I, that really kind of got silented. Um, because silenced. you, because your brain silented. is active the whole time, because yeah, it has yeah. to be, because mm-hmm. it also goes to the video game thing where it's like environmental storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Video games can use environmental storytelling so much because you can literally wander around the environment. So you can go look at this dead body and, oh, I bet this is what happened. Or you can go look at this thing and like, I bet this is what happened. And it's weird for a movie to do it because you can't freely walk around the environment. But somehow this movie does do it. Yeah. That just by looking around the screen, you're gathering all of these, all of this information that's, all the that's telling you what's at, like... Oh, this is, these are the dangers that could be around, or yeah. this is probably how this happened, or, you know. I was, you know, when they were going through there, I was like, what are these bags that are hanging up? It's like, And then he asked, I was like, yes, please, do tell us. <laughs> I think it was just uh, stored, I think it was stored meat that was rotting. I think yeah. it was probably huh. what it was. 
because that's something to just hang up and have at your bedside. But then they burst out, and then Schofield kind of gets really pissed off. Obviously, for a good reason. Not, I mean, it's not really Blake's fault. But it's the frustration. It's just the frustration of he very nearly died, died. like three times in just like, in a matter yeah. of like five minutes. <laughs> so, oh, when he put his hand in the dead body after getting oh. cut in the barbed wire, uh, that yeah. was like I was like, oh, he's gonna lose it. I mean, you said that too. I was oh, like, he's still gonna lose. He's it. still gonna. We lose. just didn't see the next day when yeah. he has that gangrene. Was, that's funny that you say that because that was actually gonna be my my personalized he synopsis. Could die of sepsis even yeah. after yeah, the movie's exactly. over. Like, I was saying, man recounts the mission. That leads up to the amputation of his hand, <laughs> and then so on and so forth. He had a full puncture through his hand, and then his full hand went inside of a dead, dead body. That's been rotting for who knows how long. And rats were already around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. So that's just awful. Um, so the next part would be the... We get in, We get a little reprieve as they find the farmhouse and the cherries, which were... This, this functions... A little bit to tell us a little bit about their past in the sense of like, and a little bit of who they are because it's a little bit before this, um, but it's in the same basic sequence as where Schofield says that he traded his medal away. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And the medal doesn't yeah, matter because yeah. Blake really wants a medal and thinks it'd be great. And Yeah, he's not in it for the, the glory, right. it seems. But, but then I got thrown off a little bit when they kind of go back to the history of Schofield where he was talking about why he left. And it sounded like he left again. I think he was just on leave for a period of time. I, I think see. he's. I think what he's saying. I hated going home because he knew how temporary it was. I think he would so have he rather. Wanna, uh, I see. What I you're think saying. he would have rather either stayed gone and dead, or stayed gone, or whatever. But going back, that reminder of being home and knowing yeah. he couldn't stay. I think he's was it's him torture. saying like, yeah, yeah it was extra okay. Painful. I understand that. So it's a nice little break in the farmhouse, and it's another one of those like world-building kind of environmental storytelling where he finds the milk, which suggests that someone's been there recently too, even though that never really comes back. Um, but the, the dog fight in the, the, they see the planes fighting. That yeah. was fucking, that shot is fucking crazy. And where the, the plane goes again. down and then crashes into the, well, it goes just below the horizon, horizon just below yeah, a yeah. hill mm-hmm. and then like, crashes up. and skids up the hill and flies at them, which is fucking insane and awesome looking. And also this is where I said, it's really weird how Blake dies because a plane crashes they pull a burning Nazi out of it. Not a Nazi. Wrong word. Yeah, I was going to say. Burning German, whatever, yeah. um, out of it. Pre-Nazi German. Um, <laughs> and then he tells him, he tells, like, Schofield is like, let's let's just put him out of his misery, which in itself isn't horrible. He's not like, oh, God, we have to kill him. He's just right. like, literally like, which let's is another thing, mercy, kind yeah. of what I was alluding to in, in the people didn't really hate each other that much on opposite sides. And so right. I'm glad the movie kind of, without spending a long time on it, did kind of touch on that, which is right. that it, he wasn't a Nazi. They weren't like, oh, you're scum who hates this race or whatever. They were just, the German was likely there for the same reason that the Brits were, right. which is that someone told them they had to or they'd be assa- or they'd be executed. Right, which is why Blake was more on the, let's try to help him. Right. Right. Uh, which was unfortunate. Because then he gets stabbed a bunch yeah. of times. <laughs> or once. I least. think once, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, it, it sucks. And that's, that's a, such a cool scene, especially for being a one-shot, more or less. In that, like, it must have been CG, because he gets whiter and whiter as that scene I, goes on. Oh, yeah, on. I was thinking that, too. Uh, uh, and uh, it's really well acted. It hurt my soul a little bit. 
Yeah. Because and when he started picking him up again, I was kind of like I said before, I was like, no, he's not going to die. He's going to carry him to somewhere and he's going to get treatment because if anyone's going to die, Schofield should have died and he got buried under rubble after a bomb went off. <laughs> so I was, I was already like refusing to believe he was actually going to die. But then right. it becomes slowly, just like it becomes clear to the two of them, becomes slowly clear to you as an audience member, no, he's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And he even asked that question, am I dying? And then it's just like... You can tell he doesn't want to answer that question. Yeah. Until well, so it's a very long, painful pause, and he's like, "I think, I think you are." Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a very gripping scene. In terms of death scenes, I think doing it this way is a lot more effective for audience members because when you do the cutting and the reverse shots and the reaction shots. Uh, it almost takes it away because you're not in it anymore. The editing kind mm-hmm. of like because you see you're like you're you see their faces better, but it's not from a an angle that we would normally see, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but in this, the way Mendez had blocked them together, mm-hmm. he's obviously carrying him, but he's like resting on him, like almost like he's he's cradling him, right? But you see both reactions. Yes, and the the way that the the way that it doesn't cut and stuff like that almost emphasizes. I want to use the word mundane, but just not not necessarily mundane, but kind of just how factual the, the event it is. It was very it low just, key. This is just what's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's not. This is just what. This is just what's happening. We have no control over it. It's it's happening a thousand times over in in this countryside, all right. over the place, and it's. It's almost more painful for how boring. The shot was. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like. Yeah, they're just two kids out here alone at this point, and he's dying. Yeah. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Then Schofield gets a... After, after Blake dies, and he takes he takes some mementos off of Blake. He takes his dog tags and his rings and stuff, because Blake makes him promise he's going to find his brother and warn them about the ambush or the trap. He now has this responsibility yes. that was not originally assigned to him. Yes. He's not going to let... His friend have died for no reason. For no, yeah, exactly. He's not going to let it be like a million just kind of faceless deaths. Mm-hmm. And... and that's, I mean, you see that a lot. And they, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't shy away from that. And I think that was part of this sort of theme or motif where cause Schofield, this is what uh, kind of going to the character arc thing. Because Schofield, he did not want to do it. And it almost seems, you can see with how clear-headed he is before they got to No Man's Land, or mm-hmm. crossed into No Man's Land, how he was assessing the whole thing. But he also has, like, this removed feel, I guess, um, despite, and he's he's possibly the only reason why he feels, uh, or when I say he, Blake is the, probably the only reason why he felt anything mm-hmm. during this whole scenario. And it was good enough for him to launch into continue the mission. Um, you can see as as the scene plays out, I and mean, as Blake is dying, you can literally see like the actor who's Schofield. You can see the resolve building on his face. You can almost right. tell just by the expressions on his face. Like this is where he's deciding, right? He's going to do this no matter what. Because he didn't. He doesn't care about the war, so to speak. But he does care about. He eventually. I mean, you you see it that he cares about the people, right? Because um, he's willing to trade his medal for a bit of wine. So it's no longer about the mission and himself. It's about the people. Yeah. The sixteen hundred people that are going to be slaughtered. Right. Right. And then each subsequent scene, like with the other people in the car, mm-hmm. uh, which is the next scene, mm-hmm. the next beat, and they're all talking, they're sharing stories. I actually really like this aspect. Sorry, this is a technical thing where he's in the car, and after, I don't know if you've ever 
if you've ever like suffered some emotional blow, you're sitting in the car and there are people around you. He's just kind of not there. Almost. They're the the volume of their di- their, their mm-hmm. dialogue is slightly kind of lower low. than the music. You st- because you he because you're it. you're getting from his perspective, which is mm-hmm. they are talking around him, but he's not listening to yeah. them. Yeah, uh, he he hears it, but he's not listening. Yeah. Right? He's in and, his head about the death that he just witnessed yeah. and i can tell you i've i mean i've definitely felt that before yeah. where you're just around people it's like you hear what they're saying but you're not in yeah. it yeah um and i thought that captured it wonderfully too but then he has to separate from the truck because the truck hits a bridge that's broken and the truck has to go a long way around he has to be at this place by next before the next morning mm-hmm. and when he's so he, he tries to climb down just like the the railing of the bridge because it's mostly still above water when the sniper shot just went off out of nowhere, scared the shit out of me. Yeah, it scared me too. <laughs> um, which great, that's fantastic. Not only it goes to the sound effect as you mentioned before; it's such mm-hmm. a sharp and it intense was resonating, sound effect. Yeah, but also to the fact that he's in a position where he can't do anything. He's he's walking on a tightrope essentially. Yeah, he can't get away from a sniper this way. <laughs> so you're like, fuck, <laughs> get there faster. <laughs> um. Also, just really good performance by him as he once he does get to the other side and he's kind of below that he's in the stairwell, so the guy can't hit him. That's the cement stairwell that goes down to the river. Right. And but he me, like he has to breathe. He has to do like he's essentially doing these breathing exercises to, to calm his to shot. calm himself down and be yeah. able to make a steady shot at the guy. Like mm-hmm. just really good. Yeah. What if the yeah. movie ended because he got shot in the head for real? I was gonna say and amateur just, move. And it just, <laughs> just you just, just <laughs> the movie's just like and. They never completed their mission. <laughs> they and both died horribly. <laughs> Actually, they both died with nobody giving a shit except for each other. <laughs> right. And then an epilogue shows where they all running into the front line. And then 1,600 die. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the visuals of that of that village, though, when he does wake up oh, and he goes and there's, there's the burning manor or church or something at the center of town. That's yeah, on the I other thought side. it was a church. I couldn't tell what it was. It was, it was so burnt that it was hard to say. Yeah. It was it was probably a church. There's probably some um, metaphorical significance to it being a church, if, if, if that's what it yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Um, either that or like a state house or something like that, like a mayoral mansion maybe of the town. But talk about like a... It, it was otherworldly. Like it looked like an alien planet or a horror film or something. Yeah, yeah it did. And the, the glow and the weird almost strobing effect and him being chased through almost like a maze of just barely, barely skeletons of buildings. Yeah. Which is... Again, just great. I mean, not only is it visually super interesting, but also it just, I mean, yeah, this this part of these sections of land in the war, they would have been unrecognizable, unlivable places. I got to say, I've had dreams like this where I'm on the run and they're all like dilapidated buildings and I never really remember why I'm being chased. But and it's that that level of intensity, and uh, I really have to say the silhouette of the soldier. Did you see when he emerged from? Because from can, the fire, from the fire from behind, on the side, near yeah. the fire, and mm-hmm. they're you don't know, just like they don't know. I, I yeah. don't think either one of them know. Is this they, a friend? Is this an enemy? Yeah. And because he's backlit, like you don't yeah. ever you really get to tell. see until yeah. he starts to run at him, and it's like so horrifying oh, yeah. <laughs> because. But also, I, I, I think it plays, I think it also just very subtly touches on this, this idea, though, that, like, 
I think everyone in this war is so desperate for it just to be a break. I think they, I think both him and the German who ends up chasing him eventually, I think they're yeah. both so slow about it because both of them are like, please uh, just be someone who get, is good to, who can, I don't have to fight. Who's on my side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to do this again. Yeah. Um, that was a great sequence. And then we're into where we meet the French survivor um from there it was interesting um i you know it's another just i think it's just a character building thing i don't think it's yeah it's just we get to we get to get hints at more of schofield's personal life his home life even though it's not spelled out there mm-hmm. it is referenced and later confirmed that he does have a daughter and a wife right it allows he you to just... see i think it allows you to see like he's probably like a He's probably a fairly gentle, sweet man at home. At least yeah. that's kind of the impression you could get. He's not a war person at right. all, which is so, probably why he's not invested the way that, like, Blake seems like he finds a romanticism in the war. In the war, yes, Whereas exactly. Whereas this guy seems like he For survival. probably just would really like to be home playing with his daughter. Right. And this uh, is the only time you see, like, it is even very in passing mentioned not their country it's not the british country it's not it's also not the germans country although the germans would disagree um, <laughs> uh so yeah it's actually it is a nice touch to see a french citizen right. and see that no there are people here you're fighting for a reason these people are getting fucked from both sides really at this moment like yeah i mean the brits aren't doing it they're helping them but their country is the battlefield though and it's right. not <laughs> Not a great place to live at this no. moment. It's it's apoc- it's an apocalypse is what yeah. it is. So it's nice to actually just reference that. And even kind of why as you're going with, as you're saying with uh, Schofield branching out from, for himself, for his friend, then for the other soldiers, you know, this is the moment where also for the citizens of France, like yeah. as he cares about a larger and larger, as he cares about humanity as a whole more than just right. the people he's directly invested in. Which is also... Uh, piggybacked in the subsequent scene uh, when he goes into the river and he finally he emerges and then he has to climb over dead bodies mm-hmm. um, and not of soldiers right of just normal just people. people yeah it's, so another it's another comment on how even just people that were not involved they, they didn't want they yeah. didn't start a war and then it gives us another little bit of break after that tense ride with the the the, the haunting the, song the elves which <laughs> does sound like when you approach when when they approach a bunch of elves in lord of the rings yeah. <laughs> a community of i mean elves. the guy has a great voice and yeah. it's a very haunting sounding song and actually one of the thing i thought was you want to sing them something more upbeat maybe because of what they I mean, here, i something like to pump them up because right. they're about to go <laughs> Because I'm sure they already feel like shit. This song can't be cheering them up. <laughs> right. But then again, I don't know. Uh, it could be a product of their time, that kind of thing. Where it's I, like, I think. I mean, you know, there's also something to just say, something reverential about it, about yeah. appreciating where yeah. you're at and what mm-hmm. the gravity of what you're in. Absolutely. I will say. And the song, I think the, the lyrics of the song, I don't remember them all, but I think they were referencing a lot of, well, they're referencing going home. But if I had to, based on the lyrics, I think going home seems to be strongly tied to a metaphor for death because it's about never returning it because also says like yeah. never mm-hmm. venturing again or whatever and right, just right. cutting off so i had a uh sort of a, a flashback to game of thrones i thought ed sheeran was singing I, <laughs> because there was a a red-headed guy that came up and talked to him right <laughs> he's in the foreground of when he's talking to schofield right. he's the one directly talking i was like is that is that a cheering? <laughs> Damn it, Ed Sheeran. 
And then we hit the final, he gets to the, well, he realizes that they're already sending out the first wave, or they already did send out the first wave? No, they were at the front lines. It, he got there right before they did, but no one, he had to still cross. They were sending out, yeah. And so, but because they're all there getting ready to run out of the trenches, the trenches are more or less blocked. Yeah. And I mean, he makes his way as far as he can. Eventually, his path is just blocked. And so he has to run up into what will be the new no man's land. Yeah. <laughs> as artillery fire is following and as all the soldiers start to. It reminded me of a moment from like. It's going to be super weird. From like Fantasia, Fantasia, which is to say that like the the motion on screen and the swelling of the music and the emotional beat of the I story at that saying. point. Yeah, yeah. Though when he runs out onto the battlefield as everyone's charging and as the artillery's falling, right. it's one of the most swell, like just swelling moments of recent cinema to me. Like it's just, if that didn't fill you with some sense of like grandeur then i don't know what would what would like his bravery and like you know the gravity of the situation right and it wasn't even like it wasn't like a clean dash he 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 crashed yeah that first one oh my god he flipped the guy (laughs) i was like holy probably led to that guy's death yeah (laughs) um yeah that that was insane uh but that's that's what that's also like what you're saying. Like that's that's again what part of what adds to it adds to the the weight of it, just the reality right. of it, just the gravity of it. Because right. he's not a special person, but what he's doing is very special. Yeah, and he's fully coming to terms with why he has a personal stake in it now. Yeah, so he makes it to uh, to Sherlock. Oh yeah, the only thing I the only thing I would mention about the scene way back is when is Mark Strong, um, whoever that officer was, at the trucks does tell him beforehand make sure there's witnesses when you give him the the letter, which it's not a it does put this this it did put this little oh shit in my head like because he he mentioned that that yeah. guy in particular might be in, in it for the glory he might be a kind like of a just fighting. like to fight yeah. and so he may not want to listen to you so right. make sure other people hear the general's commands so that he's kind of held accountable for right. it uh which is a nice little foreshadowing of tension yeah um ultimately that scene goes fairly well he does require some convincing but yeah. but he does the not right thing much, yeah. yeah it was great uh, and he even makes the depressing illusion just like int- they'll just tell us to attack tomorrow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like essentially like they're, I mean, you know, the, the, the suggestion there being that, I mean, they're, this is the front line. They're not moving. It may have been a trap, but we're here. Yeah. And either we're still going to, all of to. one side of us or the other is going to die. And that's the only way this ends. Cool. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which just the, touches on a nice thing. Sorry, right. just real quick is that, the movie doesn't glorify war in any way. Um, right. A lot of movies run the risk of really Especially glorifying war. Especially with war movies, yeah. Um, of making war seem like it's cool. This never makes... There are cool things because of the tension and like the excitement of watching it. The requirement But at no point are you yeah. like, man, I wish I were doing that. I know. Never. No. At no point does the movie make you feel that way, which some movies, even if, even if they show dark sides of war, still show someone be a super badass at something, right. which makes you feel like, yeah, I want to go do that. The Call of Duty problem or whatever, but... This movie never doesn't ever at all times. You're like, this is fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I, I honestly, but also the movie I doesn't make you feel that. bad though either. The no. movie makes you feel 
It, it still makes you feel pride for the people who did it, though. Yeah. It did strikes that good balance. It's not a... I didn't find it to be a... It was an emotional movie at times, but it wasn't a depressing movie. It didn't make me feel no. shitty. Right. It made me feel actually good about humanity in some ways. In, like, his perseverance. Because you saw all these aspects where it's it's the smaller moments, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pulling the German from the, the plane right. and wanting to save his life. But, of course, it doesn't always add up. The war, made a, war may be this big, ugly thing, but the people, people are still humans who want to do the right thing. Right. And he's got to find... Blake's brother, other Blake, other Blake, Joe Blake, yeah, and it's uh, it also shows the the consequences, the repercussions. It's not a nice thing, and you see people breaking down, some people just waiting, yeah. even though they're in pain. But like I, it was kind of weird. I was imagining if I had been in that situation, if like there was one guy who was like toward the end of the tent, you see that his arm is busted up, but he's very cognizant, right? Mm. And he had that thousand yard stare, and he's like. I'm in so much fucking pain, <laughs> but I know other people have it so much worse, but now the only thing I can do here is lie and wait, right. and it's the shittiest kind of feeling. And, I mean, and you saw that, like, too, some of the wounds you just saw, you, like, to see the, the gnarliest. There's, like, the, the one person's calf was, like... Yeah. It's, I, it's like a giant monster bit his calf open is what right. it looked like. They're not it's, clean shots. They're not, yeah. yeah. And you just kind of know that, okay, these people survived this, but none of them are the same, will ever be the same. Right. Either from truly debilitating physical injuries, most of them are going to be missing limbs, but also from the sheer trauma of getting those injuries and then sitting in this dirty-ass fucking tent in pain for probably hours or days. Yeah. Um, and then they finally met Rob Stark, or he meets Rob Stark. Yeah, that was that was good. It's, it's, it's a tough scene because... <sighs> Like like we've said before, like this, the movie doesn't have time to take you back and show you all these different things. So therefore, we never really see Joe and Tom together. We never actually see Joe and Tom together at all. The brothers. Uh-huh. Um, also, we haven't we haven't actually seen Joe Blake at all up until this point. But Richard Madden does a very good job of. Well, he does. You know, the he's he's clearly an officer who's in charge of things and he does the doodly thing and kind of has no real response at first he has a response but he's clearly trying to contain it yeah um but then as and schofield's kind of gonna leave it alone but then he turns around and kind of adds the little like you know i want to write your mother and i want to tell her that you know whatever he was brave and he was never afraid and stuff like that funny stories you can see just just those two actors the way it's played like you can see that just chipping away at at joe these little like defenses. it's just kind of you can see he just can't he's he's losing his ability to hold it together and yeah there's something positive in that is when he said his he always tells funny stories he did crack a smile yeah. in that part <laughs> and that was it was like a a reminiscent kind of thing like he remembered a funny story he remembered talking to his brother and yeah. Like that, yeah um or he's like huh, classic classic brother that's, that's tom it's <laughs> old tommy boy and it's a right. yeah it's a very it is a it's a very satisfying sort of conclusion for one because that's that was like as we talked about that after uh tom died that was that was the only thing keeping schofield going was right. this one objective to get there stop it and then get his brother i think and it was so, also a great thing because Everyone, I think, is a little bit tired of the whole plot armor kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah. So for this whole perceived idea that this guy is the protagonist, um, Tom, only to ha- meet his fate, and then it's the other guy picking it up, it's great. 
Yeah, and so from the triage to the tree, he finds his way to, you know, rest for a spell. The first time in the entire movie that he's not, he's not either immediately in danger or the only other time he's not immediately in danger since danger starts is when, or imminently in danger, is when he's on the truck. But even then, though, he's on a timeline. He right. needs to get somewhere fast. So there's yeah. still that problem. This is the only time he actually can literally Just stop. Just like let, yeah, <laughs> let loose. Yeah. And because the movie shot the way it shot, it's also the first time you really feel like there's no reason to be tense anymore. Yeah, there's, exactly. Finally, there's no reason to be tense anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there it is. It, the, the way that it's presented is so effective in that, you're right, it's these these tropes of war films it's not new it's not it's not particularly inventive but it's presented in such a way that makes it feel more real more visceral it feels like you're participating like yeah. this way go with the video game or like mm-hmm. a amusement park ride right like you feel like you're on a track and mm-hmm. you're involved in what's going on which right just brings it all home so much more. Because usually when other movies do one-shots, they will cram in as much as they can into those shots to make it seem more spectacular. Whereas this was used on a world-building mm-hmm. purpose as opposed to, let's fit in as much shit that's amazing. Right. It's just showing. Um, and then you the... yourself can choose to look at those things as opposed to, yes, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. The movie's not flexing its one-shot. It's, right. not, it's, yes, not, it's right. not showing off. It's not like, oh, look how cool it is that we did this. It is being implemented for a specific reason and feel. And well done. Yeah. yeah. Fucking fantastic movie. Yeah. I'm really glad we saw it in IMAX, too. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like you, you'd have to. Um, the fact that it took over the 95% of your vision yeah. was pretty cool for this type, for the way that this movie is, is shot. Right. Um, it, it made it just that much more immersive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can close it off. Would you like to close it off? Sure. Thanks You've for got listening, the guys. You can find us at characterarc.net. You can follow us and share uh, character at characterarc on Facebook, at character on Instagram. You don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever you listen to podcasts. And if the podcasting app of your choice allows you to rate us, please do with a five-star rating. It really helps people find us and helps us keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm Richard Burleson. And I'm Ted Hong. Peace. Have a good one.